Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So what is the best food plot for deer or turkey hunting? Well, I couldn't tell you. That depends too much on your local situation and habitat. But what I can tell you with all confidence is that the cheapest, easiest, and most versatile thing that a new hunter could plant is going to be white clover. On this episode, we're going to talk all about it. Hey, welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanitas, and today we are talking about white clover. Now, I believe clover is probably the single best planting for new hunters, people that are new to the sport, have limited resources, limited budget, limited energy, limited equipment, limited everything. What can you plant that is going to give you the most bang for your buck and most importantly, grow back every year? And the answer to that question in the majority of places is going to be white clover. Now that's not going to be true 100% of the time everywhere in the country. All right, it's just nothing is can be 100% the best choice for everybody everywhere. But across the board, I'm going to say 80% of the time or so, white clover is going to be the easiest, best thing that a new hunter can plant. Now, if you're a new hunter and an old farmer, well, that may be a different story, right? If you've got all kinds of farm equipment and know-how, then no, you're probably not going to lead with clover. But for people that don't have equipment, that don't have a ton of resources, that don't have hundreds or thousands of dollars to throw into planting something, clover is going to be the best option. Now, before I get into the details of how you actually would go about doing this, I just want to talk about the benefits of clover. Because white clover is such a versatile food crop. So what I find, and again, this can vary some depending on where you are in the country, but deer love clover. It's a protein-rich green that they enjoy throughout the summer. They enjoy it through the fall. They eat it in the middle of winter. Now, I've heard people say, oh, well, you know, white clover, any clover is only good until November or so, or once they get frost. And then it's done, and that's not a viable food crop anymore. Shenanigans! That's utter shenanigans. I have watched deer paw through the snow on a daily basis, or semi-daily basis, in January and February, to get down to whatever nibs of clover that they can still find under the snow. I've been out there in February when you get a melt in between snows, and boom, the clover's still there. It's still green. There's not a whole lot of it, of it left. But it is still very much an attractant, even into the late winter and early spring for deer. 
It is a year-round food source for deer. Now, if they eat it down to the dirt, to there's literally nothing left but dirt, okay, well, yeah, then it's going to lose its appeal. But assuming you're in a regular area with average food, you know, of, of normal sources, that's probably not going to happen. Now, yeah, you're going to have your most volume at the end of the summer and early fall. That's when you have the highest volume. You have the most stuff in the field. But it continues to attract deer, not to the same degree late season as it does early season, but it pulls deer year round. I have watched it. Now, I am planting in southwestern Pennsylvania. That is going to be different. And if you're planting in, you know, northern Michigan or if you're planting in Alabama, right, it's going to be different climates. You're going to have different factors. It may not pull deer under four feet of snow. Um, that may just not happen. But, you know, we get some pretty significant winter action here. We've had, you know, weeks at a time, it seems, this past winter where we were in negative digits, you know, highs around zero. And, um, you know, it's pretty significant. You know, a foot or two of snow on the ground is not unheard of uh, for, you know, long periods of time. And the deer just keep coming to it. They enjoy it. They, they dig for it even if the snow's not too deep and it will pull them through the season into the winter and then even into the spring. Now, of course, it draws them strongest when you have high volumes of it and before you have the, the full fall hunting season shift. So I look at clover as my go-to planting for deer hunting in small areas. Okay, if you have a quarter of an acre, perfect. A tenth of an acre, still enough. I've seen clover work on a twentieth of an acre. Okay, I mean, you're just talking about like a few parking lots worth of, or a few parking spaces worth of green. It can be helpful even in areas that are that small. If you can get enough sunlight and make it grow, you can put down some lime to boost the pH in the soil, then you can help, you, you can get a great little crop and be something that draws deer in. Now, I typically like to hunt uh, hard in the early season. A lot of people like to wait for the rut and they like to wait for rifle season. I like to be out there first week of archery and it thrills me as much as anything else to take a buck the first week or two of archery season. Um, I'm a big fan of hunting early because you get late into the fall, there's a lot of things to hunt. And I like hunting a lot of things. I like to hunt deer. I like to hunt turkey. I like to hunt ducks. I like to hunt geese. I like to hunt pheasants. So I look for me personally, deer hunting is best in the early season when there's not much else in season yet. Um, so I like to be out there in the early season and that's when the clover is at its best and fullest and has the strongest draw and, and seems to have the most effect. But like I said, I have seen it. I've got the trail camera videos by the thousands of it pulling in deer all season long. Not as much as it does in the early season, but it pulls them in all season long into the dead of winter. Clover is also a great attractant for turkeys. All right, clover is roughly 30% protein. Uh, it is a great food source for turkeys. Also, lots of bugs that turkeys like to eat live around the clover. So you have a multiple phase food source for turkeys when you plant clover. And if you're planting the clover one year, it's going to be there as soon as you get the first inklings of warm up the next spring. That clover is going to pop up and you're going to have it there to draw in turkeys during spring turkey season. Most other food plots, you plant them and they're dead in the spring. You're going to get to replant them and they're dead. And they're not doing a whole lot to draw in turkeys. Um, you know, Empty fields, that may be a place turkeys do congregate, but the clover will draw them in. And during turkey season especially is before the clover gets real high. So what will happen is you'll get like neighboring grasses and stuff and things that are bushing up and greening up first. 
And then the clover is just a few inches high and it's a low area, like a, like a, uh, you know, like a mowed field that turkeys just love to hang out in during turkey season. And it doesn't seem to really lose its power as the season wanes. But, you know, once the season passes and then it gets, you know, a foot or two feet high, well then, yeah, it's not as big of an attractant at that point, but it doesn't matter. In fact, what it helps at that point is it gives a place for pulse to hide. It gives a great place for grasshoppers to grow, which is one of the number one food sources of baby turkeys. So um, it is a great thing to have to help turkey habitat as well as deer habitat. Now I plant it for deer, but I am also just as avid a turkey hunter. So I enjoy it thoroughly for the turkey factor. Um, and to have a couple of patches of clover that can drop turkeys in potentially um, can be a really nice asset when you're not having good luck, you know, covering ground and on big public land and things like that. So I'm a big fan of white clover because of all of those reasons. And probably the single biggest is that it grows back every year. All right. You know, it, it does take a little work. It does take a little money. I'll get into that momentarily, but every year it comes back. You do the work once and then you have minimal maintenance and upkeep. Minimal. There's not a whole lot you need to do year to year in order to, to keep your clover patch in good shape. And it doesn't have to be in perfect shape. You know, if you're planting wheat or corn or brassicas or or soybeans or any other number of things you start to get weeds into that stuff and it can just kill your yield it can just kill your yield you may have lots of plants but the weeds are going to compete for moisture and nutrients so your yield is going to plummet with clover you're not growing fruit all right you're not growing peas you're not growing corn you're not growing wheat you're not growing an end result seed product so even if you get some weeds in there, as long as the clover's not being physically choked out, it can still provide nice volume even with some weeds mixed in. So it's more of a flexible crop, in my opinion, than a lot of your traditional food plantings. Now, just put a pen in that. People ask, well, can people eat clover? Well, only if you cook it. Uh, it's it's uh, difficult for humans to digest, but if you boil it, it can be a survival food of sorts. I'm not recommending it. I have not tried it, but that's what I read and research. All right, so let's get into the process then of planting clover and what does it take. Okay, first you need bare dirt. That's the biggest thing, bare dirt. How do you get bare dirt? Well, you could buy a tractor or rent one and come in and disc and till a field two or three times till there's nothing but bare dirt and then plant your clover on top of that. Simple. But that takes a ton of equipment and money and is not something that's accessible to most people such as myself. And especially if you're doing a really small area, that's kind of overkill. And like I said, a quarter acre is like perfect. An eighth or a tenth of an acre is still great. And even a twentieth of an acre can still provide nice draw. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And, you know, I, I can I did a episode a year or two ago. Maybe it was two at this point where I did a I told you guys about a study that I ran where I planted a um, about a 16th of an acre or so of clover and set up my trail camera there, I had 600% more trail camera pictures and videos after I planted the clover than before. 660%, I think, is what it was. More deer activity after planting the clover. I mean, that's 
Those are numbers. That's real increase in activity. Now, would I have had more activity if I planted a traditional food plot? Well, here's the thing. A sixteenth of an acre of soybeans or corn or brassicas or wheat or any other thing is not enough to last very long. Because the, you know, the, the deer are there after the fruit, after whatever it is that's actually growing, and it's not enough to last very long. But clover just keeps growing perpetually. If it's warm enough, it just keeps growing. And again, it's not like they come in and they eat the little, you know, they eat the, the soybeans and then the beans are gone, but the leaves are there. They're eating the leaves. So if you have a micro plot like that, a 16th of an acre, you know, yes, you can plant other things that will have more draw until they're eaten out and then they're gone. And clover lasts a bit longer because of just the way that it works and that it just keeps on growing as long as it's warm enough. And even once it's not warm enough, it just sits there. It doesn't really just turn brown and die off in most places, maybe in more severe climates than mine it does, but it's still there. So it is a unique and versatile planting that allows you to do it in a micro plot with reasonable effectiveness. Now, if you're planting three or four acres, well, yeah, probably you're going to have better results if you go with a more traditional food planting, but you're also going to spend a lot more. And most new hunters, you know, planting three or four acres of food plot is, is levels and years beyond where they're at right now. So keep in mind the current state of, of where you're at and, and what's going on. So how do you get to bare dirt if you don't have tractors and combines and all sorts of farming equipment? Well, there's two main methods that um, I'm going to give you today. These are not the only methods by any means, but I think they're the two easiest and most reasonable methods. There's a mechanical method and there's a chemical method. I'm going to tell you just straight up, straight up before I even tell you what they are, the chemical method is way less work. It's less work and you're going to get better results. However, you're using chemicals and a lot of people do not like to use chemicals. I don't like to use chemicals. I'm not beyond potentially using chemicals, but I don't prefer chemicals. So I typically do the mechanical method, although I have about reached a point where uh, you know, next time I have to do this, I'm going to consider the chemical route a lot more than I have in the past. So what are these methods? Okay, the, mechani the mechanical route is this. You get a weed whacker and you get you some heavy weed whacking line. I mean, the heaviest stuff, highest grade pro industrial line that your weed whacker will use. And you want to get the most heavy duty weed whacker you can get. Okay, that little electric one that, you know, you got at Big Lots that's, you know, got whatever, 8 volts, that's not going to do it. All right, you need a serious weed whacker, something, uh, you know, straight straight bar, straight head trimmer, is, you know, or it's typically going to have more power than a curved one. But what you're going to do is get the heaviest line on there you can get, and you're going to want to weed whack down to bare dirt. I mean, literally just weed whack down till you get to the bottom and then just angle that string a little bit so you're just clearing off the, the top millimeter of dirt as well. And you just clear everything out of there. You just weed whack it down to the dirt. Now, yeah, if you're doing two acres like that, that's going to take forever. That's going to be ridiculous. Don't do that. That is not viable. But if you're doing a tenth of an acre or a 20th of an acre, this is a couple hour job uh, if it's dry. Now, if it's wet, it's a lot harder to do on wet ground. You want to wait at least until the ground is semi-dry or you're just going to weed whack mud. Ask me how I know. I have been there. You don't want to be weed whacking mud. That's just not good for you. That causes all sorts of complications and difficulties. You want it to be at least semi-dry but you're just going to weed whack it down to the dirt. Now, depending on what was growing there, this will be harder or easier. 
If it was straight grass, it is going to be a lot harder. You know, if you're like in, in, in an area that was wooded and you've got a, like a layer of leaves on the ground, well, this is going to be a much easier job. You can be able to move a lot faster. So it's going to depend on what's there. If you have random weeds, it's going to be somewhere in between. But you want to just weed whack down to the dirt. Yes, this is going to be a half a day or a whole day or maybe best to split it up over a couple half days so you don't wear yourself out. But it's going to be real work. Now the second method, the chemical method, is much easier. Does it cost more? Not necessarily, it depends, right? Do you already have a weed whacker? If you do, check. Do you already have high grade string for it? If you do, check. If not, you have to buy some. That's, you know, $10 or something. Um, the chemical method is you're gonna take Roundup, sodium glyphosate, and you're gonna spray the area that you wanna spray. So you're gonna need a hand sprayer, and uh, some Roundup. Usually you buy a Roundup in the concentrate, you put a however much in, add the water to it, and do a simple hand sprayer. They can be 10 bucks for a one gallon or 15 for a two gallon. And guys, I will link to a bunch of this equipment um, in the show notes of the episode. You go to newhuntersguide.com, check out the show notes. I will link to all this kind of stuff. I'll link to the sprayer, I'll link to the Roundup, I'll link to a bunch of stuff. Whatever I can find a link to, I'll put it there. So you're going to spray it. Now, now the methodology for spraying here to get the best result is this. In the springtime, right as everything starts to really green up and begins to grow, not waiting until it's three or four feet tall, but as soon as things start to green up and grow, you're going to want to spray the whole area with a good dosage of Roundup. Again, if you're doing a tenth of an acre, a microplot, you know, you can do that in, I don't know, 10 minutes. It's with a hand sprayer. It's super easy. You're going to spray the whole thing down with Roundup. Then what you're going to do is you're going to come back maybe a month or two later and you're going to spray it again. All right. You're just going to spray it again because stuff is going to be coming up. It's going to be starting to grow there and not everything will have died from the first spring and you're going to hit it with another spring. Then you're going to come back. At this point, you're probably mid-summer. And it uh, depends on where you live, okay? For I live, you can start planting clover right about August 1st. In some places, you can plant it any time during the summer. Uh, in some places, maybe a little later. So you may need to do one more spraying. Or depending on your timing, if it's, if it's time to plant, you'll come in. And uh, you'll do a final spraying. You do a last spray of everything the day you plant the clover. Now, people think, oh, that's going to kill the seed. No, that, that has nothing to do with killing the seed. Roundup glyphosate only kills what's green. It has to touch green living leaf matter and then it will kill that plant. But if the seed hasn't sprouted yet, it does nothing. Once glyphosate hits the dirt, it becomes inert. All right, as soon as it hits the dirt, as soon as it's been sprayed, as soon as it dries, it's inert. So it will not harm the seed. Um, so what you'll do is you will plant the seed probably and then splay the Roundup so you're not walking through a bunch of sprayed stuff. Now, depending on your timing you, or, or how it looks, you may need to do one more spraying and then come back, you know, mid-August or late August, and then plant. But if you have done, followed this methodology, you've sprayed in right around spring green up, and then another time or two in the summer, and then when you come to plant, you should have bare dirt, or very close to bare dirt, and everything else there should be dead. So you'll have bare dirt for the seed, and there'll be no competition for the clover. Both of these methods work. All right, they both work. They both produce good results. I think the chemical method produces slightly better results. Um, however, the mechanical method is more versatile. All right, you can come in in February and do that. You can come in in March. You can come in in May. You can come in in July or August or September. You can do that basically anytime you want to do that. 
so you have a little more versatility. If you have a just a thick field that is two or three feet tall of stuff that has grown all summer and you spray that with the Roundup, it'll start to kill it all. You're going to have to do a couple sprayings. But now you got three feet of stuff and vegetation and organic matter. And yeah, it's going to turn gray and it'll, you know, it'll die, but it's going to take a lot longer to get bare dirt. So to get the best results, you really need to start with a spring spray and then spray a couple more times over the summer and get ready for the fall planting. All right, now you can't come out in February and spray it because it's not green yet. If it's not green, if it's not growing, the Roundup is going to have minimal effect. And a lot of the stuff that's going to spring up there is already in the dirt. Uh, it hasn't even it hasn't even popped out yet, so you're not going to kill it. The roots are there, but it doesn't have vegetation yet. So you have to wait until it actually sprouts and grows to kill it. So it's really hard to plant clover in the spring with the chemical method. Unless you, you know, you spray throughout the summer and the fall and then come spring, everything that was there was dead. Uh, that's an option. However, I tend to lean toward the mechanical method and I've done it a few times, but it can be a bit wearisome. Now, if you have help, wow, can that go a lot faster and be easier. And of course, if you're cutting down a few trees to clear a tenth of an acre or a fifth of an acre or something like that for a planting, and then you're just going to have you know leaves and forest floor material there, well, that is much easier to clear and get bare dirt for. Way easier than if you're clearing like an open field or a fallow field or, or something like that. But it all depends on what you're looking at and what your scenario is. If you're willing to put in a little bit of elbow grease and you have a weed whacker, that's, that's a fine way to do it. If you're happy to use the chemicals and save the energy, then Roundup will work just fine too. But you need to get bare dirt. So whether you use one of those methods or use the tractor and you till the land, you need bare dirt. So once you've got bare dirt, you take the seed, you put it in a spreader, and you just a cheap hand spreader, ten or twenty dollar spreader. I'll link to one in the show notes, and you just spread out the clover. And for you know a tenth of an acre, it's going to take you five minutes or so. Um, you know, just boom. You're just putting a layer of clover seed on bare dirt. Ideally, with when there's rain in the forecast, the next day or two or three, there's going to be rain. Otherwise, if it's in the middle of summer, then, you know, that, that sun can just bake the dry seed and eventually kill it before you ever get a chance for, for any rain to come. But you ideally want to plant it before rain comes if you're planting late summer. Now, if you do the mechanical method and you weed whack down to the dirt, you can plant in February, March, April, May. Um, all of those are great times to plant, maybe ideal times or even. And you can get that planted that time of the year and that'll work just fine for you. And you don't have to worry so much about rain because it's always wet that time of the year. It's always moisture and super easy to do. But you're gonna put the seed down, that's it. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to mix it into the dirt. You don't need to till it into the dirt. You don't need to rake it into the dirt. You just spray those itty bitty teeny weeny little clover seeds onto the dirt and you're done. It's that easy. You just put it down and you're done. However, the number one thing clover needs to grow well is the appropriate pH. It's got to have high enough pH in order to grow. And what the pH does is it enables the plant to soak up the minerals and the vitamins and the nutrients in the soil. Low pH, the plant can't get the nutrients even if they're there. Sometimes people won't, they won't even check the pH. They won't do anything with pH. They'll just put down fertilizer and it does nothing except feed the weeds because the clover, it's not a matter of there being enough nutrients in the soil. So the clover can't get the nutrients out of the soil because it doesn't have enough pH to process them. So you need to deal with the pH. Now, if you're savvy enough, soil test is the way to figure out what your pH is and then match that with the recommendations on the clover. Uh, otherwise, I would recommend you just put down some pelletized lime. 
Now, when you go to buy pelletized lime, now hold on, before I go to the lime part, let me just talk about the seed because there's a couple nuances here. Most clover seed is going to come to you um, coated. It's going to come coated and it's going to come coated with a particular bacterial enzyme and usually some color. And the color just lets you see it in the dirt so you know that it's there. Otherwise, it'd be basically invisible. And the bacterial enzyme is needed for the clover to sprout and grow. If a field has ever had clover in it or any uh, several other pl plants in the clover family, then the enzyme's already in the soil. Otherwise, they coat the, the mini seeds with it so that it'll grow. Don't buy seed that is just straight clover seed. If it doesn't have the bacterial enzyme coating, um, then it may not even sprout in that field depending on what's been there in the past. Now, to be fair, I have never seen straight seed packaged for food plots. That's something you could get at an ag store, something you could get if you're, you know, if you're planting 100 acres of clover to grow clover, will it be a little cheaper per pound and you're, you're planting a lot of pounds and that makes a difference and you would buy it that way. But usually you can only get it that way in bulk. Now, my favorite clover seed to use is the Imperial Whitetail Institute white clover seed. All right, I'll link to it in the show notes. I believe it is the absolute single best clover seed on the planet, white clover. Um, it is outstanding. It produces great yield, sprouts great, sticks great, spreads well, does everything you want it to do. It's coated to absorb moisture with the first rain. Um, as well as resist initial moisture so it doesn't sprout before there's enough moisture there for it to actually grow, which helps it a little bit getting that initial start. And um, it is the best. Now that said, it costs roughly double or more of what your regular uh, equivalent of white clover is going to be at the ag store. Like I can go to the ag store up in town. I can get white clover somewhere between four and six dollars a pound but the imperial whitetail clover is going to be more like ten dollars a pound so it's a significant difference in price however usually a pound or two is all you need depends on how much you're planting now if you get a two pound bag that's good for a quarter acre that's going to be enough for most micro plots so you're talking twenty dollars in seed so yeah it costs double what regular clover costs but you're talking the difference of $10. So for me, in my mind, I'm like, you know, I'm already going through all this work. I'm planning this. Let me put the best seed down I can put down. Another 10 bucks is, is, is an easy play to make when you're at that scale. Now, if you're planting 30 pounds of it, well, then it becomes a big deal. So you got to make that call on, on what you like. Uh, or how big of a job you're doing, what you prefer. I have done both. I have planted the, the Imperial Whitetail. I've also planted the brandless ag store um, clover, and it comes with the bacterial enzyme coated on it and everything, and it's usually a different color. The Whitetail Institute clovers has a blue coating. The stuff I get at the ag store is a pink coating. They both work. I've had good results with both. But I favor the Imperial Whitetail. I think it, it's a little hardier. I think it grows just a little better. I think it creates, produces a little bit more volume. Um, but you, honestly, I don't think you would, you would kick yourself later if you bought the cheap stuff or, and you got a good planting and you were like, oh, I really wish I would have spent the extra money and got the better one. Eh, I don't think you'll even remember a year or two down the road. Uh, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. But for that little extra bit of cost, I want to know I've put the best thing in the ground I can put down because I've been doing all this work. So again, I'll link to that in the show notes, newhuntersguide.com. So when it comes to the lime, all right, when you buy pelletized lime, typically the recommendation that it's going to give you, and I've done soil tests, I've sent it away to Penn State University, I've gotten back all the data and spent that $10 and put all that together and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, 
is just still the regular recommendation that comes on the, the bag of clover. Put down a regular helping of lime, which the regular version, you know, a, a standard application is 2,000 pounds per acre. 2,000 pounds per acre. Now that's a lot of stuff. If it comes in 50 pound bags, how many of those do you need? You need 20. That's a lot. How much does it cost? $5 a bag. It might be more or less in your area. So if you need 20 bags, $5 a bag, you're at, uh, what is that, about 200 bucks. However, you're not planting an acre most likely. You're putting in a micro plot. At least that's what I'm, I'm recommending most people do. So you're probably more like a quarter of an acre or an eighth of an acre or a tenth of an acre. Now, if you're at a tenth of an acre, well, you need 200 pounds. So you need four bags. So at $5 a bag, that's $20. And you can put that down in a lawn spreader, or I use a lawn spreader that we also use for rock salt on the driveway in the wintertime. You can put that down. Literally, it takes 10 minutes to do a tenth of an acre. Now, if you're doing a quarter of an acre, of course, you can do the math. 500 pounds, 10 bags. Um, you know, in my car, you know, my compact car, I could fit like six or seven bags in the trunk. Easy, without taking anything out, without taking out any of my tools or things that I keep in there all the time because I got to keep stuff in my trunk for whatever reason. Um, you know, so if I took out everything, I might be able to fit 10 bags back there. And then you could throw some in the back seat or on the floor. You don't need a pickup truck. You know, it depends on how much you need to do. But for, uh, for an eighth of an acre or a tenth of an acre, you're looking at 20 or $30 worth of lime. And you're going to put that down when you go to plant. Now you can, it doesn't matter if you put it down before you put the seed down or you put the seed down first and then you put it down. Um, typically I like to put the, the lime down first and then throw the seed down just so I'm not walking on the seed as much, but I think that is nothing but sheer paranoia. I don't think it makes any difference. And if you didn't put the lime down, well, you can put it down another time. The adage with lime is this, any time is a good time for lime. You can put it down any time of the year, as long as you're not spreading it onto wet foliage. So if the clover sprouts and it's already growing, you don't want to spread it onto wet leaves because it'll stick to the leaves and burn the plant. It just has to be dry. The leaves need to be dry. The ground doesn't need to be dry. The leaves need to be dry. So you spread it onto dry leaves. You can plant spread it anytime. Winter, spring, summer, fall, doesn't matter. You know, if you've already planted your clover and you're like, oh no, I didn't even think about lime. You can go and do it tomorrow, next week, whatever, doesn't matter. And here's the thing. It takes the lime about six months to really get into the soil and affect the pH in a significant way. So it's about a six month deal. So if you're planting in the spring, that's going to help you in the fall. It is not going to improve your growing over the summer. So you may plant in the spring and over the summer, you're like, oh man, I really was hoping the clover would grow higher and faster than this. Well, if the pH is low, then that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to grow slow and not as high. But because you put the lime down, once you get to the fall, that pH is going to start to kick up. It's going to start to improve. The clover should start to do better. And next year, it should be much better than it was the first year. Same thing if you plant in the fall, you may not have it spring up and be this bumper crop before winter comes. But that pH is going to be there. That lime is going to be in the, in the soil. And in the springtime, it should grow with much more gusto. Now that said, I like to overdo it on things. That's just sort of my MO. So if I'm planting in the spring, I'm going to put down lime in the spring. I'm also going to put down another round of lime in the fall because I want to you know, set the clover up for the best spring bump possible. If I'm planting in the fall, I'll put lime down in the fall, and then I'll also come in early in the spring before green up or right around that time, and I'll put down another helping. 
because you're you're it's not like you're just putting out a fertilizer you're trying to affect the ph of the soil so that's what i'll do the first time i plant it and then uh, after that i'll come and put down another helping of lime just once a year as a booster and um that's pretty much it now when it comes to fertilizer you do not need to fertilize clover you don't have to do it if you want to do it just to bump it up and and help it even more and and guys when i'm talking about these kind of things typically the less you plant the more you want to do that's just a theme it seems you know if you plant 10 acres you don't really want to do fertilizer you don't want to do extra lime you don't want to do any extra things because it's a lot of work if you planted a 20th of an acre you want to do everything you can do to make that itty bitty little bit of green as effective as it can be and it's also much less work and much less expensive to manicure a 20th of an acre of clover or a tenth of an acre or a quarter acre than it is a whole field so if you want to do fertilizer and i tend to do it um, you want to get fertilizer that's low in nitrogen and high in everything else because clover makes its own nitrogen it doesn't need it in fertilizer the nitrogen's just going to feed everything else so you're looking for something that's like a 0 20 20 or a 0 30 30 or 0 25 25 that's the kind of fertilizer that you want to buy the exact brand and components don't really matter so much it's that composition of nutrients now they don't make that at least nowhere i have seen i've not found any fertilizer in an ag store that had a zero for the first number like all the clover scientists recommend but my ag store does have bags of 10 20 20 for it's like 25 dollars for a i don't know what if it's like a 40 pound bag and that bag lasts me typically two years on multiple clover plots so you know with one fertilizing a year so you're not putting down a whole lot and it tends to last a long time and i'll use the hand spreader for that because um, you don't want to overdo it you're just giving a little boost when do you fertilize usually early spring or late fall but you can do it and you can do it anytime during the growing season to be fair late spring or early fall um, or early spring whatever spring or fall is typically when it's done but you can do it anytime you know if i'm planting i'll put down fertilizer and lime and seed all at the same time and then i'll come back in the fall or i'll come back six months from then and i'll put down another helping of lime i'm not going to fertilize multiple times a year that's just I, even for a small plot i don't think it's necessary and again this is the manicured approach for micro plots so then what happens for the weed control what do you do there if you're dealing with weeds typically you shouldn't need to do a whole lot of anything for weed control when it comes to clover once it gets established it acts as great ground cover it keeps weeds down where you can run into problems if you did the mechanical method and you did not burn down to the roots of those weeds and kill them you could have stuff weeds grasses grow up in inside of your clover patch so a little bit of that's fine you don't need to worry about it. you don't even need to think about it just get it out of your brain it's just fine it's not a big deal um some of those weeds could get drowned out by the clover next season but if you have too many weeds if it feels like they're taking over if uh you know if you're just uncomfortable with the amount of weed volume that you have or grass growing through there's a few things you can do the simplest one is mow the food plot mow down the clover um you know put your mower on the highest possible setting and go through there in the middle of summer and just mow it down so what will happen when you mow it is you're going to stimulate the clover to shoot up and grow faster and you're going to hurt the weeds and with the grass and whatever was there so the clover will start to shoot up faster and it will outcompete the other things that were growing there you don't need to do that every month just you know once in the summertime is usually plenty um, so that can give the clover a boost over the other things and usually that is all most people need if they have weed problems 
if your weed problems are bigger than that, and that doesn't solve your weed problems. They make special herbicides. I mean, the, the clover people make them, but there are special herbicides out there that will not harm clover or anything in the clover family of plants, but they will kill grasses and broadleaf weeds and most weeds. So if you've got stuff growing up in your clover patch that you can't get rid of, I'll put a link to it again in the show notes at newhuntersguide.com. Um, you know, the Imperial Whitetail Institute, they, they make their own Max Arrest and Slay and their Surefire Crop Oil and other things that will, um, you can spray those and they won't harm the clover, but they will kill the other things. And if you need to use those, if you want to use those, the way you do it, you just put it all into a sprayer. Um, you know, two or three gallon sprayer works just fine. You just fill it with water. You pour those chemicals into the right proportion. You mix it up. And then what you want to do is you want to weed whack or mow the, the clover patch, cut everything, and then spray immediately or the next, within a day, spray it down. And, but you want to do that reasonably close to before it rains. Because what will happen is this. Those chemicals are going to get in the leaves through through the actual leaves and through the cuts in the leaves. And they will also go into the soil and be soaked up by the roots. So you will hit those plants with a one-two. Now this stuff is not super toxic. It needs that one-two punch to be effective. So you're going to have two things happen when you use those herbicides. Some bad plants and weeds, it will just kill. Others, it will stunt. It will just slow them down and stunt them. And the clover will keep growing and they won't. And then the clover will outcompete and win. It depends on what they are, how established they are. You're not spraying Roundup. Um, and these are not like horribly toxic chemicals. They, they are, um, you know, various strains of different salts and things like that that the clover plants are just resistant to and the other plants aren't. This is not like genetically engineered stuff. Um, that said, don't breathe it in, don't get it in your eyes, and don't kid yourself to think that it's like, you know, organic, all natural, and you can eat it. Uh, no, you don't want to do that. But you spray this stuff, it gets into the soil, it gets onto the leaves, and it can, it can take out the other weeds and help you clear up your patch if you're having issues. In the past, people saw the only option if they got too many weeds was to disc up the, the clover patch and replant it. You don't need to do that. The chemicals are, are not that expensive and they're a lot less work than replanting a patch. Um, so that's an option for you. Now, I what I just covered was a lot of material, a lot of stuff, a lot of things there. Keep in mind, half of this stuff is not needed to plant clover. You only need two things, bare dirt and clover seed. If you have bare dirt and clover seed, you can plant it. If your pH is bad, you need lime. I still recommend lime pretty much any way, whether your pH is good or bad, so that you can help the clover give it a good boost. So I'm going to put lime down. I'm not even going to test the pH anymore. I'm just going to put lime down regardless in order to help it and give it a boost. But you're talking about for the seed, up to half of an acre of the best seed on the planet, right? If you're getting the Imperial Whitetail, you're looking at like 20 bucks. If you're doing the mechanical method, you got a weed whacker, okay, you need a little gas, you need a little string, you know, you're talking another $10. You're looking at lime for a micro plot, might be another 20 or $30. So you're somewhere here in the $50 to $100 total cost, and you need a spread or two, so factor that in. So probably around 100 bucks is the budget that you need for the entire operation of a microplot. Could be a little more, could be less. If you already have some of this stuff, it's going to be less, but that's what you're looking at. If you have to use Roundup instead, all right, you got to buy the Roundup, but you know you can get concentrate in small quantities, 10, 15 bucks. Uh, I'll link to it from the site. And then you need a sprayer. That's another 10 bucks. And of course, then you're replacing the cost of the weed whacker parts. 
So it's going to cost you a little bit more to do the roundup method, but not much. Um, you know, very, very minor increase in price. So you're looking at around $100 to do a micro plot. And that micro plot is going to keep growing. It's going to come back year after year. <clears throat> the only maintenance you really need to do is in late fall or late winter, you can come in and you can what they call frost seed. So you put the, the seed down before the growing season even starts. You just find the bare patches, spread the seed. Of course, you can wait till later, but if you spread the seed early, then you can be sure as soon as it's warm enough for it to sprout and grow, it will. And you get the maximum growing season. So you can do that for bare spots in the spring. And then maybe you put down some lime every year, spend another $20, and if you have weeds, you can work on weed control. But that's all you need for maintenance. It's super easy. This is why it's a great option for new hunters because it's cheap, doesn't take a lot of work, minimal equipment, and it keeps growing back. As opposed to if you spent $500 putting in a soybean planting or a wheat planting or a brassica planting, once it's all said and done, then you have to spend it again next year and do it because it just it all 100% dies away so that's why I lean towards clover that's why I think clover is the best option for new hunters that, that are trying to get some benefits on limited budget and resources and I hope that it's something that helps you and is a benefit for you and can improve your hunting if you put in a micro patch of clover put a trail cam on it put a mock scrape on it Make sure that, that you then have a way to hunt that patch or to hunt travel to and from it. You know, if you've listened to previous episodes, then you know I'm not a big advocate of hunting on food plots because you scare the deer off and then they're going to feed nocturnally. A micro plot is huntable though. A 20th of an acre, you can set up a tree stand or a blind or, or some kind of setup where you can hunt that micro plot. Um, and that is not a bad way to do it. If you have defined movement patterns, yeah, it is better to hunt the movement patterns. But a micro plot is something deer just move through. They'll feed there for a few minutes, um, you know, on their way through. They're, they'll hang out there for 20 minutes or whatever the case is. It's not going to be their number one food source, but it's an attractant. It's a draw. It's a focus point for them. Same with turkeys. And so make sure that you set up a way that you can have a mock scrape on it or right next to it, that you have a trail camera so that you can document the, the benefits and, and what's going on and then a way to hunt that uh, when you do get that increased deer movement. So guys, I really hope this is helpful. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com for the show notes and all the links to all the different products and recommendations and things that can give you a head start. And please go ahead and leave a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. It helps grow the show. But till next time, God bless you and go get them in the woods.